This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Barnabas Piper talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Books and podcasts are always best with a great cup of coffee. That's why we've partnered with Ligaris Roasters to create the Table of Malcontents blend. And guys, it's delicious. A smooth Brazilian roast that will make your heart happy. Head over to LagarisRoasters.com to order a bag or 12 today. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron. With me as always are Barnabas and Dave. Gentlemen, I'm excited. We have a special guest here in in the hot box studio. Oh, it's so hot. <laughs> and this is still the middle age podcast. It got more middle aged. Sorry right. to our guest. Sorry. But so listeners, our our special guest is Andrew Osanga. Andrew, I'm really glad you're here today and not um, a few weeks ago. Because a few weeks ago it was so hot in here, Dave was just wearing a towel. It was really uncomfortable. I can understand. I mean, I, I was just kind of under the table was, like this. It was, it, was, it was not. It was uncomfortable for everybody except Dave. He was yeah, having a good time. It's just the lights yeah, are right. The lights it's are like, very bright. It's, yeah. They are. It's like Will Ferrell in the old school. He decides to run through the quads. You know, and <laughs> we're going streaking. <laughs> <laughs> Is there kids? This podcast Is he still open. There, there are some parallels between this podcast and old school. I You're right. Like. They're, they're, they're all about the same age. Trying to relive yeah. our youth a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's true. Making poor decisions. Well. There are a lot of poor decisions that are made on this oh, podcast. Man. That's true. That's true. And that's what we talk about every every week. <laughs> every week. <laughs> every every week. When we can get together. Every week, whenever we get together. If for you guys, it's every week on the sh- when you're listening. For us, it's, you know, twice a month. There you go. So, oh, yeah. all In right. this hot box of a that's room, right. whatever this is. Yeah, that's right. I'm feeling it. Andrew, dude, it's good to have you. Thank you. Uh, for those who don't know Andrew, Andrew is the host of an awesome podcast called The Pivot. Fantastic. And you said... Is that right? borrowed from the show Friends? It's not, but people ask Pivot. about it a lot. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it yeah. just... I've never actually watched Friends. Though. I didn't either. I've seen that clip because I it's just sort of... I think that's like a seminal cultural moment. You, by the way. So are you Seinfeld guy then? Uh, I'm, I'm more The Office 30 Rock. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. You're that, living the 2000s. My, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Leaving the 90s behind. Interesting. Well, if, I'm, if, our, if it's the 90s, bracket. I'm watching Star okay. Trek The Next Generation. Oh, so. okay. Well, I'm not you, saying that's cool. I think, I think no, we I'm just became no, no, friends. No. That's what I watched. Like real friends no, That's cool. <laughs> that just happened. That's cool. That's on this cool. show. I will we occasionally can... put it on Netflix just to like mm-hmm. have it as a – just it's kind of a wallpaper. It's just soothing and Ooh. kind of – Tan and beige. It's true. It's like, what, why, it's did true. They, it's, why did they think it's space like every was going to be Christian like conference. a Holiday Inn in 1994? <laughs> it was the height of comfort and the future. <laughs> a Holiday Inn in 1994. <laughs> I don't think oh, I've ever so heard the funny thing is, that you, way. That's But except for all the unitards, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, you said that and I immediately like smelled a holiday in the <laughs> mid nineties, oh, and I was like, "Man, space has an aroma." <laughs> I just, yeah. I, I wouldn't. That part never clicked. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to think back to 
Yeah, whatever. Keep going. Yep. All right. Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, wow, yes. that was not the '90s trip I wanted to go on. Right no. there. <laughs> All right, Dave. Back to that introduction. <laughs> family vacation. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where else to go with that. Yeah. So. Yeah, so the pivot. I, I podcast. Yeah. yeah yes. uh, so on, you, which, on which you do, you said deep, deep feeling things. Yeah, it's it's a little more feely. Um, Is this like Mark well, Mark Marin type of in, in digging deep into people's souls and how they're. That's, processing pain and things like that. That's the goal. Okay. Yeah. Just it's to look at change and okay. Uh, it started when I started. It was it was specifically talking about career change. So, mm-hmm. which happens more and more in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you could have the same person on like every eighteen months, dude. <laughs> it's true. In the two years I've been doing this, I'm like, I need to interview everybody again because almost everyone is in a different place than they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, to talk about what it's like when you come to the end of a season whether you want to be there or not, and most of the times we don't, what happens? But then I've ex- it's expanded to be about health and faith and family and just life is full of change and how do we navigate that? Because none of us really, mm-hmm. 90 time, 90% of the time, we don't want the change that's mm. happening. But we got to figure it out. Yeah. The best of it. Yeah. So I love doing it. Well, I mean, we cry in our episodes too. I mean, <laughs> happy Cry, right, Aaron? Barnabas? Yep. Yeah, or, or tears of, I just got made fun of, whatever that may be. Okay. It's mostly you. Well, okay. it's usually, oh, the happy cry. Let's just be honest. It's usually Barnabas and I laughing so hard that we cry because of how we torture Dave. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they give me presents like this. This is really yeah, good. I like this. Yeah. I'm holding a book that says, I could pee on this. And other poems by cats. Do you mm-hmm. want it? It's yours if you can. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a whole piece. So everybody gets another one on this show. In right terms, of, in terms of windows into your yeah. soul, we got the Star Trek <laughs> Next Generation. That's, yes, that's a that's a key thing. Uh, yep. The cat or dog question is pertinent. Where uh, where do you fall on this? I'm just I'm just hardcore neither. Nice. Like, a, like a no no live no, no live animals. You nice. have live, yeah, you have live a children. Small house and that's and three children. And yeah. We, there's mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. There's brown recluse. Do those count in our mm. house? We don't. Yeah, those are those are unwelcome. Those are like small pets. cats. Sure, but yeah. yeah, they're like small, tiny at least, cats. At least as deadly. They're living. They yeah. Those are those are kind of terrifying. Yeah. I don't know the difference mm-hmm. between a brown recluse and just like a house spider. So I kind of freak out and just right. <laughs> jump to the cha- at the chance to kill any spider I see. You and my wife are the same thing. Everything's a brown recluse anyway, so like they all deserve to die right then mm-hmm. and right now. And it's usually like call me to do it. I'm like I'm just as scared as you are, but it's probably just a spider. Well, see, that thing is my my <laughs> assumption is that it's not one, yeah. but just in case I'm gonna just if kill them all. If it's got yeah. kind of a violin shape on it, I'm body. not staring. Yeah, close once enough, you've I, seen a few of them, you know. Yeah. And if you live in Tennessee, that we we hey we brought a, a guy, you know, the, like the arrow exterminator guy. And this is what he said one day. He's like, man, if you haven't found brown recluse in your house yet, it means you haven't found them yet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to chew on that bit of wisdom for a while. There you go. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, I, know. I was like, it kind of made it didn't. Like, all right. <laughs> okay. There it is. Did he help you get rid of the ones or had you know. not found them yet? They're, they're, maybe, I guess. maybe there are more. You just haven't found new ones right. moved in. It doesn't matter. So no. we're uh, books, right? Was this yeah. about books? Yes. Yeah, occasionally. And reading. What, and we, books. we had reading. lunch like a month ago, and and we ended up just talking books like the we, whole we time. Did. And I realized, awesome. like, dude, you need to come on. We just need to talk through this. But you hit a genre <laughs> that you love that we really haven't talked that much about. That's what I thought was fascinating. I, thought, okay. I told the guys that we need to have internet to talk about this genre, which I'll mention in a second. But... You can talk about whatever else you want to, but you have to start with one of the greatest anonymous gifts that you received lately, oh. and let that be the, yeah. the beginning. 
So, uh, a f- well, a few years ago, I had heard everybody in my little community of like artsy fart singer songwriter friends um, always talks about Lonesome Dove. Andrew Peterson always talks about Lonesome Dove. And so one day I was on a long flight and I had been at McKay, which I see you've been there. And I got, I bought a copy of Lonesome Dove. And I remember reading it and, and like about a third of the way through going like, oh, this might be the best book I've ever read. <laughs> mm. And thinking, maybe I love Westerns. Turns out I don't always. I just like good books. And that's a very well-written book. But in the process, then I after I read that, I, I just went nuts and was like, I got to read all the great Westerns, which immediately turns you to like Louis L'Amour, which I don't really love. Fair. I like his short stories, that's, but I don't like very, his novels. Mm-hmm. That's fair. His best novels are not Westerns. Oh. Like what? The, walk, me, me. the Walking Drum, okay. um, Last of the Breed are two. They're a little bit more like yeah. epic adventure stories mm-hmm. or one of the Walking Drum sort of a sweeping historical the, from like the like the 1200s or something like that. Those are those are much more interesting and compelling than than his Westerns, which are the exact same story over and over again. Yeah, over like again. his short stories are super clever and yeah. really different. But yeah, I've read a few of the novels. I'm like, these are just... It's always like sort of anonymous, noble gunman, mm-hmm. attractive widow. He comes to the rescue. There's some sort of romantic interest. It's always very sort of nobly handled. We always handled. think that anonymous gunman is like the bad guy, but it right. turns out he's misunderstood. Right. Mm. Yeah, he's killed somebody somewhere else and is unjustly mm-hmm. accused of something. Yeah, yeah, but it was to save like some old lady or something. Right. Yeah. Always in, yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are more formulaic than a John Grisham novel, and that's saying something. So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> But that led me to Zane Grey, which is also formulaic. Uh-huh. But there's something about it that's like so endearing. Mm-hmm. And I, so I started reading all these old Zane Greys, which are like from like 1910, 1920s. And I just got hooked on it, man. It just like the writing is the way he describes like nature and um, and the characters. Like I just loved. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't usually books around that era. I've never felt like anybody described character well. And maybe I'm, I'm not reading the right books. But all that to say, there's this collection of the certain pressing of these uh, Zane Grey books that I found a few of them at this used bookstore and I thought, these look so cool. And I had four or six on my bookshelf. And then I have a few friends that collect books and I went said to one like, hey, if you ever see any more of these, like, let me know. I think they really are cool. And he's like, oh man, that's this certain kind of series. Turns out he knew all about them. (laughs) It's a certain kind of series and they made them in, it was like 1965 and they printed 78 Titles, da, 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 da. And I'm, I've got six of them, so I'm like, oh. so you're, f- you're friends with Rain Man, <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> a, a, a little bit. And uh, so anyway, on on my podcast, I, at one point I mentioned these books, and I said, if anybody has any of these, like laying around in your garage, or you, your grandfather passed away and it's just in a box in your attic, which is I'm sure where most of those things ended up. Yeah, like if you're trying to get rid of them, like don't throw them away. I will take them. Um, cause I'm not going to spend five bucks a book on these. Like that's, that adds up to like a real money. Yeah. I don't want to spend yeah. real money on these. And, um, like two months later I came home from work and there was a, just a giant box on my front step. Huh? And it said it had a return address, which was just, I think it was just a zip code or something. 
And I looked. Wow. It's not, yeah, it was like super. Anyway, it's creepy. And it had my name on. I don't know how they found it. And I yeah. opened it up, and it was sixty-four of those books. Huh. And um. So now you so, can buy the rest because it's no longer I, real money. Yeah, because yes. I got like almost all of them. <laughs> That's yes. right. So is this, you know, so I, I've been thinking, I've been wondering who this person is for a long time. Just the curiosity of saying, like, did they have like a parent or a grandparent who passed away and they're going through their basement and they find this? They they hear at a similar time it just you talk about it. About. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, man, I, don't, what am, I mean, what's he going to do with them? Yeah, so, and I think I put it, I yeah. posted a picture of all of them on Instagram, but... Like two months before, I posted a picture of like the five or six books I had and said, if anybody has these. So, but I also didn't think anyone actually that it would happen. Yeah. At least not yeah. to that extent. Yeah. yeah. But, and then yeah. to not know who it was, which is just, just the best. Mm. And my wife was like, you got to go find out, figure it out. I was like, no, I don't. Whoever sent these didn't want me to know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go sleuthing. Like I want to honor it and I want to talk about it. So whoever hears them, if they hear this knows yeah, the mystery makes I say, the gift cooler. You. It does. Because yeah. as soon as you find out what it was, they're, they're going to be like, oh, I've had these sitting in my attic for forever or whatever. Yeah. And like it takes the, mm-hmm. the fun and the romance and the but excitement out of it. There's somebody out there who's like, yeah, man. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't know that's where they came from. Like it's got a little <laughs> secret. And that's fun. So crazy. I think we just there figured out what, uh, what our new uh, fiction novella is going to be. <laughs> So, but sleuthing up book giver, the, the, book, well, the book giver, the, the book giver. Oh gosh, it's like the book thief, but, except but it, really short and boring. Is yeah. this what it is? This <laughs> is this but what it's still more enjoyable than the Notebook? Well, that's that goes without saying. All right, yeah. We should think about like if we all had one set of books that we wanted our listeners to, to anonymously give us. What is it? Right there. Probably, Parker, think about the, that one right there. Is, is, is it clear, too fast Nicholas, to say the Twilight Nicholas, series? It's not Nicholas Sparks. So. Well, for Dave, it might be. So absolutely, yeah. man. I'm Have you a fan. read any Nicholas Sparks books? No. <laughs> no. Okay, you are a, you are better off than the rest of us who you did read one. We, we, we collectively well. agreed to read the Notebook to discuss on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> agreed so being awesome. a that's not entirely accurate. Some of us were pressured like, into it. Um, that's like, true. There are three copies among us. That's a really scary thing. No, no, and there that, are not. That's, that's mine, like, not. Sorry, mine was you, filed. You, you mine threw, was filed yeah. in a garbage can somewhere. Yeah. at some point. It was. It was more expensive than this. I Absolutely. Know. It was. It was five times as expensive yeah, as that. You need book to drop right a there. quarter on it. At, I know. At, uh, a certain uh, used bookstore. But you know, that's yeah. that is the cost of good entertainment. It was entertaining. Have it you was. for our listeners? What other what Not other westerns us. have you gotten into? Like well, authors or collections or whatever. Have you, have you gone mostly classics or more modern or kind of where have you? Well, found I, I need help, man. Mm. Have so, you read like Robert B. Parker stuff? No. Ooh. He's got some. Uh, let me I'm see. Write this down. Mm-hmm. I have to look him up because the problem with westerns is that all of the names are like Appaloosa mm-hmm. yeah. and The Canyon, and you're like, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's like. It's kind of like it's kind of like worship songs. You can just sort of like mad lib them together with rivers and stuff. Right. This is the same. So, and, Ro- Robert and, B. Parker. Robert B. Parker. And, okay. while, and while you're looking at all these two, so the trend are 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 trends in Western books similar to the way movies go. You know how it is. Like you can tell, there's suddenly like a decade hits, mm-hmm. and like everyone wants to do a Western. And then they remember they disappeared. Like the '60s, '50s, mm-hmm. and '60s was huge, and then they disappeared for a bit, and then they came back again. Yeah. I mean, like Dances with Wolves wins Best Picture, yeah, and, and then suddenly and then they, they, they do anomaly. a bunch of the 90s yeah. again, and then they kind of disappear again. So I don't know. I mean, are books that way too? It's just a genre I've not read much of. I feel so. like Westerns are always written by old guys. So 
Yes. So like Robert B. Parker is an is an old well, he's now dead, so he's no longer an old guy. But he wrote them like kind of later but he on. Used but to be, he wrote so. he wrote a bunch of different kinds of books, kind of like Elmore Leonard, a bunch of different mm-hmm. kinds of books, but a few of them are westerns. But he wrote maybe a three or four book series, and it had a very sort of um wider type of feel to it. Mm-hmm. So it says that Virgil and Everett were the two main characters, which That's Virgil was names. actually uh Wyatt's brother. That not in the series, but that was his name. So yeah, then they were just like the quiet gunslinging marshal, and then Everett, his sidekick, who mm. with it was told through his perspective. So those are those are fun ones. Yeah, I, well, th- I mean, I I got a super like I said, I went into the Lamore thing, which I just didn't love, and then the Zangray, which I did, and then obviously all the like Lonesome Dove stuff, because there's this whole bunch of books that he's written, mm-hmm. and like all great. Like series, like none of them are quite as quite as amazing as that first one, right? But they're still really good. But there are a couple of recent ones that I've read that I have loved. I read the what was it, the Sisters Brothers? Yeah, was yeah they turned mm-hmm. that one into a movie. Yeah. Didn't was they? it? I think they I made. Who's I think they, they made a movie called The Sisters Brothers. Really? It might have been like a re a retelling because I don't think the movie was a. I don't think the movie was a, was a Sisters. Western. I'll look it up. It's a. Yeah, it was a great. It's only like a maybe ten year old book, and yeah. it's a, and it's like two like psychopathic brothers that mm-hmm. are their last name is sisters. Oh, that's yeah, they're Charlie, full, on, that's they're full yeah. on psychopaths, but they're also like really charming. Yeah, and uh, mm. yes. so it's kind of this dark black humor yeah. kind of book, but it was it was like, it kind of got you with some yeah. heart at the end. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the best one that I read was a book called The Sun. I think we talked about that. I yeah. talked about yep. that. You told me about it. Yep. By uh, Philip Meyer, I think is his name. Hmm. Um, and he, it's not. Son is in Prodigy. S O N, the son. Progeny or. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Not Prodigy. And it's, progeny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. They've made. Somebody made a, a c- couple seasons of a TV show about it, which I haven't watched any of. But the book, it tells the story of a. It's like one of those sweeping, like, family. Mm-hmm. Stories, okay. yeah. But the way it's told is that it's about this uh, in the before, pre-Civil War, a kid in Texas was uh, his family was killed by the Cherokee, and he was raised as a Cherokee. Mm. And then he, at some point, the Cherokee trade him back to the white people. Right, he becomes a general in the Civil War, but he's still kind of like Cherokee in his soul and spirit, you know? Yeah. And then his son uh, is this pacifist who falls in love with this Mexican woman. Huh. And then their granddaughter is now the oil baroness of the land that the grandfather stole from the Mexicans. And then her grandson. And and each – so it, it's a chapter of each, like back to back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even the way they're told, like the the old general is like – third person or no is yes is third person and then all the stories of the son it's all letters it's all just his letters of falling in love with this mexican woman huh. and being a pacifist and then i can't remember it's just fascinating yeah, yeah. the audiobook yeah. of it also has four different people doing the voices oh that's cool uh-huh. and it's so great mm. but that's that's maybe the best book i've read in the last two years oh, so wow. are, you, wow. are you a big audiobook listener if it's the right thing Okay. Yeah. So you can do both. You can read westerns and listen to them, yeah. depending on. Yeah, but it's got to be, you know, 
A good book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and all, I just and can't, a good reader. Like, yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. say enough yeah. about that book. And it was it's super violent and super, like, it's not, you know. Cool. Okay. Cool. So, so a couple great. others to bounce yeah. off you. Have you read Deadwood? Mm-mm. Is that the show? It is well. the book that the show was based off of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The Deadwood. show that came to an untimely end, but I think they're it's making it into a movie now. Yeah. Oh, really? Are. Yeah. So it's one book? It is just one book. It's by Everyone, Pete Dexter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's, it the is show. a much more sort of character-oriented one than it is like sweeping plot drama. Okay, yeah. Um, and then I haven't read this one, but The Unforgiven oh, by yeah, Alan LeMay, which yeah. mm-hmm. I that's think good. the Clint Eastwood yeah. movie was based off. I haven't read that one yet, but I have it sitting on my Kindle. Have you read any of the the Longmire series? Those are more like modern westerns. Those are like—is that like more of like a detective thing? Kind of, mm-hmm. but I saw a few episodes of the show. He's a sheriff at a small town in Wyoming, or the county sheriff in Wyoming, so kind of right on the Montana border. And so it's present day, but there's an, the town borders an Indian reservation, and so there's a lot of like. It has a very western feel because of like the geography, the sweeping mm. nature of it, and then the the interactions and relations with the Indian with Indians, which is kind of a whole whole unique thing. Yeah. If you like Westerns, it, it, it I'd be interested to hear your take because it's it feels it's a little bit cop procedural, hmm. but it has a very Western feel to it. And the main character feels like he should be in like eighteen eighty Kansas or something. I love that. Mm. That's awesome. But, but yeah. this is going back to like the big general question. Like, what do you love about Westerns? What is it about them, a good Western, that resonates with you? That's a good to question. someone who doesn't like yeah. – I'm always saying like convince me to read a Western. I've seen mm-hmm. so many Western movies, mm-hmm. but I just haven't taken the time to read many of the books. There's some – does Carmen McCarthy's books qualify? Oh, yeah. It's Mexico. Some okay, all right. Yeah. So, the Border yeah. Trilogy. That's, and yeah. then, that's like the – right. Um, yeah. No Country for Old Men certainly was. Right. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. so I've read all of those. So, But but I know, like, I, don't, I, I haven't looked at those as, like, the quintessential, like, Westerns of, yeah, like, what you're you talking about. Yeah, I don't think you think of them as, like, the, your classic yeah. Western, but they totally yeah. are. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there's something about sort of the immediacy of life and that you just have – there's a real presence because there's no – like, it's – there's not a lot out there. And you have to make do with what you got, no matter what. Like, even the most rich character in any of those things, like the wealthiest, I mean, you still don't have much. So you're you're having to figure everything out. And also, like, the, the whole justice thing, like, you just, there's a dude, you just got to take him out, man. It's like, yeah. it's very much like the ends justify the means, which is not how I live or want my life to be. <laughs> but there's something so cathartic about just like, yeah, yeah. yeah you know what? There's no red tape in a Western. Yeah, there's something sort of viscerally satisfying about like gun battle at high noon to solve a conflict. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm kind of tired of passive aggressive yeah. emails. Why don't we step outside and like pistols at 10 paces? And the, the truth I don't is, think that's going to work at, chur- at a church or at Lifeway yeah. or really anywhere else in the United States currently. Well, but no. Like, like I said, work sure has changed. <laughs> it's like, boy, what if it's paintball. What well, if it's paintball? I'm, I'm definitely into that. Yeah. Jeez, man. Hit the wrong place. Yeah. Bad well, things can happen. I, I think I think a Western mm-hmm. is like almost the same as a sci-fi novel mm-hmm. in that you just are – you're changing the uh, the setting. The setting is such a character, mm-hmm. but also yeah. it just allows you to, to be – allows you to drop in the perspective of a person that you wouldn't otherwise side with. Right. You know, it lets you – just be a protagonist you would never understand yeah. otherwise. And I feel like they're almost the same kind of storytelling in that there's like a frontier, there's a we don't know what this land is out to kill us, you know, like 
Anyway. Mm-hmm. And honor th- seems to be the theme. Like it's an honor culture. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit different than the mm-hmm. way America is today. So do we yearn for the, have that again? I don't know. I'm well, just throwing that out. That's I mean, yeah, like you, you, like you why call, do we read this you now? You call me right. a cheater, and we we either will right. we either will come to blows or we will kill each other. There is no other option. Like that's right. that's a very different it's a very different context than like reading books about Wall Street, where everybody's a cheater and everybody knows and everyone it. gets like, away with it. This yeah. is a dishonorable culture. It's right. a complete, that's a complete right. opposite. So right. is it is one of the appeals of westerns maybe that um, like getting back in here is is that it. it does create have more of a clear morality within within the world oh, good, of it? Yeah, that I mean, the way you're talking is there is like to some degree, depending on who's writing it, yeah. of course. Um, that you have a clear answer to to how you settle a problem. You have obvious good guys and bad guys to some degree. Um, that kind of thing. Like, is that maybe one of the one of the things that we're that we're thinking about? You talked about the honor, the yeah. the honor on more honorable society kind of kind of deal just now and there is there's something to be said for the loss of that in our everything is gray every every no one is actually a hero no one's actually a villain kind of approach that we tend to take with storytelling now i mean i think good stories still operate that way sure. I mean, even a good western classic western where it's clear good guys and bad guys they're not great characters if there's not something good in the bad guy and there's not something bad in the good guy. Oh, sure. You know. So yeah. That's, yeah, otherwise it just becomes yeah. comical and uh, you get the you get the Klingons that, and the original are, those Star are your, Trek Those series. are your Louis L'Amour books that are – Yes. You, you know. I, I think that – I think one of the intriguing things about a lot of Westerns is the fuzziness. Like there's a clear moral code. Yes. But the price you pay for the moral code – so for example, you get the – like the guy who is wielding – you know the he's wielding justice so he he has killed 30 men in the name of the law but he bears their souls on mm-hmm. him. like was was he justified he bears the guilt mm-hmm. of this yeah. like so many great westerns at least the, as they look into the characters like how how do you how do you sleep at night having made the decision to end a man's life kind of thing because that that sort of blunt immediacy of of life and death yeah comes to a head and the worst westerns are the ones that don't address the question, where it's just mm-hmm. like casual killing, mm-hmm. yeah. and there is no, there's kind of no humanity we're, to it. We're not talking about those books or movies when that typically is happening, because yeah, you need it. You need to have some sort of purpose based on the values of that character. You know, that that's the difference. Well, otherwise, it's just Rambo, which is pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you it's, yeah, you basically, it's basically, it's basically like Fast yeah, and the, the Furious, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, or the Terminator, or whatever, like yeah. just sort of a, a robotic, yes. or just yeah, like yeah. just a mindless action thing. Which yes. again, certain amount of fun and there's a place it. for that, but, but sure. it has less of a place in books, though. Yes, like mm-hmm. a, movies. You know, it's two hours of glitz and glam and blowing things up, but a book is an investment, and if they don't ever address that stuff, it it becomes pretty trite pretty quick. Mm, that's really mm-hmm. good. Just a little bit of why the Louis L'Amour stories are – I mean, they are very shallow because they yeah. very rarely address anything of sort of human human thought and wrestling or complexity. Yeah. One other thing I think is that you fi- characters often find themselves in a situation where they're totally out of their element. Mm-hmm. Or they're out of their league, you know, and always the, the hero – it's that hero – it's that typical hero's journey of yeah. I never thought I'd – 
you know, it's the, the, the thing, the impossible journey, yeah. then you complete right. barely, you know, yeah. the last, yes. I could take three more steps and I fell into the oasis, you know, yeah. whatever. Mm. It's like, and those are great stories, man. The, the kid that has to defend his family because, you know, yeah. all of a sudden he has to be a man. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah. God, we feel like that all the time. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, the uh, when, whenever, whenever I've seen like the trend in, in movies for Westerns, it, it seems to be like we're looking for some virtue that's out there that can be found in those stories. And that's why books, I just haven't been able to talk with anyone about it to kind of wrestle with why that is. But mm -hmm. but, I, but I love that because you're right. There's a lot of kids involved sometimes. And, you know, True Grit is great. Oh, that's a great yeah, example dude. of one. Mm -hmm. Again, haven't read the book, but seen the movies. But how great is that movie? Oh, man, so good. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I... I Three Ten to Yuma, same mm -hmm. thing. Yes, Three Ten to Yuma, um, which is an Elmore Leonard story. Yep, and yeah. a just a it's a travesty how underrated that movie is. Yeah, like every performance in it is awesome. The story which is version? What's that? Yeah. The most recent version? Uh, I'm assuming it's the most recent, the one with Christian Bale, Christian Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Ben, so that's his name okay. as the other villain. What's uh, that? That actor's great. Uh, Dances with Wolves. I've never seen it. Never I haven't seen, seen it either. I saw. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Man, I'm of just all the kidding. people in the room, his Aaron's opinion on Which Westerns is so the one funny. I'm going to trust the least. So. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. Thank uh, you. Well, yeah, you, we'll, we'll, you enjoy different kinds of things. It's well, true. Well, going into the themes, one thing I do like about it, and, and this is no mystery, I mean, it's the fact of, of understanding a different culture and you must be immersed in it to like step in their shoes. It's a classic To Kill a Mockingbird-like story mm. in that way. Um a Western brings that theme out, which is great. So, and I know a lot of different stories, different themes can do that, but uh, I always, there always seems to be that one kind of key thing, and it's so gigantic in the story. Um, I don't know. That's why I'm, I'm encouraged. I'll, I'll start reading the genre. So I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Have you read Lonesome, Lonesome Dove? I haven't. Okay. Dude. I know. We talked that, about that. I mean, that's, before. A, that's your problem, gateway drug. The problem with starting there is that you drug. might never reach that level again. Yeah. In other westerns, because I haven't read any else, oh. any others that equal it in terms of just writing as sort of a, a story, but it's it's amazing. It really Lonesome is. Dove. Mm. I, like I would it. say The Sun is the only other okay. one okay. I've read that I've is got like, them both on. That is approached to so. that level. Yeah. I'm not saying it's it's there, but it's it's pretty darn close. All right. So yeah. you guys have uh, planned my uh, post show shopping trip. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I have to add these to my. I did notice earlier you talked about going to McKay, mm -hmm. which means you have lived in Nashville a long time. I have. Because in the last few years, it has become McKay's. I think they added an apostrophe oh, really? S. Yeah. It used to just be McKay. I just learned this within the last two weeks because I've always called it McKay's. Yeah. And somebody right. was like, you know, it used to just be McKay. And then you referred to it that way. And I was like, oh, we have somebody who's lived in this town oh, for a gosh. good while. Yeah. McKay. Well, I'm I'm not a native, but I'm a local. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've lived you've lived here long enough that long you, enough. you predate most most residents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when like the caves was like way out there, way it out still there. Is. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's I, I passed it on my yeah. way here. My studio's out there, but it's still like it's a hike every every day, man. <sighs> what did you read? Because you're you're a writer. You you know you write songwriter. Kind of gotten into you know. The whole music and creative side of things. What did you mm -hmm. call it? The artistic artsy fartsy. Community? Oh yeah, that's that's my um, crew. Yeah. What did you read, kind of growing up, <laughs> that uh, that influenced you in that direction, or that made you think, man, I I want to write like this. The things that oh, kind of captured man. your your creative imagination. Mm -hmm. Man, that's a. I mean, I always loved to read as a kid. You know, like all the Hardy Boys case files. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I was always reading, but it was probably. In, 
you know what it was like in high school I took a couple English classes and we would read you know the books you're supposed to read and I always was aware like I think I like these a lot more than other people do you know remember coming in and to we had to read some Hemingway something being like to the, our teacher like he doesn't use punctuation but like I really like that you know like whoa I'm so smart yeah. but I dropped out of college after my freshman year to go join a band and like never went back and mm-hmm. I felt stupid and because all my friends were still in college so I was sitting this was like pre cell phones and pre internet really the late 90s and I was just in a van eight hours a day looking out the window trying to get to the next gig and so we'd play all these college towns and I would go to these used bookstores and I'm like well I've heard that Hemingway is supposed to be a good writer I'm going to buy all these books. And so mm, yeah. I just sat in the back of this van for five years and just read like everything by Hemingway, everything by Steinbeck. Every, and I got into that. That was your kind education. Of that early, <laughs> that, that yeah. like, mm. you know, uh, early last century, like American stuff, which is really like my favorite, my favorite stuff. And so, and then got super into like Vonnegut and, I've always been kind of a sci-fi nerd too. Lost yourself in it. Yeah, nice. but he's got some great writing, man. Mm-hmm. Amazing ideas mm-hmm. and uh, incredible communicator. Um, and then yeah, everything else just stemmed from there. But I still, I mean, Steinbeck is like the gold standard mm-hmm. by which. Yep. Yeah, we've talked about. I mean, that guy could describe a person in two sentences. I'm like, I think I know that person better than I know like my wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, remember in true. school mm-hmm. parking on like a line or two over multiple classes. Like t- yeah. in, in the first, like, how are we going to talk about this for an hour or whatever it was? And mm-hmm. our teacher would like, you know, illuminate Stein, us. Steinbeck you know, is with one it. of the most, yeah, he's yeah. one of the most frustrating audiobook listens. Oh. Because he, it's such a it's such a clean writing experience that it, it li- you know, if it's read well, it, it, it's a wonderful listening experience. But his like, each sentence has so much to it that you're like, I can't just rewind 15 seconds over yeah, and over and over again. You can't again. pause that. And, so it's and it's sit frustrating because it. you're like, I feel like I'm missing gold because it just keeps going and mm-hmm. you kind of yeah, you do want to go back and park on that paragraph mm-hmm. for about five or seven minutes. It's like listening read, listening read, read. to scripture is the same way. Where yeah. you're like I I need to stare at this and let my eyes unfocus and focus again on that line. Mm-hmm. Would you Would you call him inspired? <laughs> <laughs> there, there are passages. That's right. It's, yeah. it's pretty dang close. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, just uh, listened to one of his essays in the collection called "America and Americans," hmm. and he just has this description of a kind of American history, and it's about two paragraphs long, and every single sentence is gold. And now I need to go buy the book so that I can read and underline it instead of just listening to it. But yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. Have you guys read "Travels with Charlie"? Oh, it's. It's amazing. I love it. You know, the, the mm-hmm. book is like he felt like he was out of touch with the Amer- common American. Mm-hmm. So he and his mm-hmm. dog, like you know, got on a... but he ends up at the ends up randomly in Little Rock, where the the day they integrated the schools in the six, 63 or sixty four. Yeah, was it Little Rock nine, or Little Rock eight? Yeah, when they yeah. walked the, the black children into the white school for the first time, and it was the riots yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. Just happened to be that the greatest American writer of all time was there. <laughs> and his his mm-hmm. it's a couple chapters about it. I mean, wow, it's yeah, stunning. His, his one or two page description of Texas in that book holds up as the best description of Texas ever. I will not spoil it for anybody, partly because I wouldn't do it justice, but boy, does he do Texas justice! <laughs> it's delightful. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Oh. Travels with Charlie is amazing. I think the first one I ever read of his was um, East of Eden. And mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever read a novel that I would say Gold is definitively standard. better. Yeah. Ever. It's hard yeah. to do. Steinbeck's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of an – when we talk about great writers in general, I think it's wise to just put Steinbeck off in his own category. Yeah. You know, we talked about on, on a previous episode about transcendent writers, and, and I mm. think he certainly qualifies as that. His war correspondence is amazing too. If yeah. you ever had a chance mm-hmm. to read any of that, so he did. He did World War II and Vietnam. I don't think he went to Korea, and uh, yeah, all of it. Just because he's he's not a reporter, he's writing his same sort of storytelling, like th- through the eyes of a grunt or through the eyes of a helicopter pilot or whatever it is, and it's gonna blow you away. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right, yeah. and what what else do you like reading outside of westerns too? Well, I mean, I do, I do like a good sci-fi book. Mm. Yeah. So you haven't lost that since you were a kid. No, I just, I, I feel like I burned out. I right. got really into it. I was, I was kind of raised on that. My dad likes sci-fi. You know, okay. we watched Star yeah. Trek yeah. together. You know, that, yeah. yeah. And and there's some great books. And what I found not is, great Star Trek books, but just great sci-fi. I, I don't books. know that I've ever read a Star Trek. Are those like book? fan books, or do they come no, before no, the? They're, uh, the they're like show. the media tie-in oh, things. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Are, They're they're you. Like they take an episode and make a book out of it. No, or no, they're like additional stories. Oh, that uh, and I don't think I care about. They're often pretty trash. Yeah, so that, they're, they're are Star not Wars good. ones like that. Oh so yeah, yeah. It's oh like yeah, the extended universe type. Oh stuff. yeah, yeah. It's okay. it's not actually good, um, <laughs> and not really good writing either. But people seem to dig it. Hey man, and someone's making money, so you know. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't lose your love for it, but yeah, I know what's good. I guess. What do you, what do you like among sci-fi though? Yes. Well, you know what I, what I did about probably ten years ago, I got the I forget it's the Hugo Awards, which is like the, mm-hmm. like the Pulitzer or Pulitzer depending on who you are, of sci-fi books, and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go down the list and read these, and I love and that you talked about the different eras of books and ideas, and it is so fascinating, like science fiction from the fifties. And then the 60s couldn't be more different because they've now they've actually they're going to the moon. Yeah. One one decade reflects a reality versus Mm -hmm. uh, an imagination. But then they think that anything is possible. So the stuff in the 60s is just like cartoonishly impossible Mm -hmm. because they were like, we we are good. Look what we're going to do because we're already doing it. Yeah. Right, the space uh, race. Let's go a few hundred years in the future, and here we and are. Kind of like like the industrial age will never end; it will always stay industrial. It's like we'll always be the space age. And, yeah. and then the seventies gets, and all of a sudden it's Vietnam, and it's dark, and it's like, oh, it's the dark side of the, <laughs> you know, the fallout, and all that stuff is really ominous mm-hmm. and psychological, and and some of the best ones really are yeah. from that era. So they um, get darker in the seventies. Oh, yes. You're saying, yeah, but there's some okay. great ones and like right. Starship Troopers, which is a, yes. sounds like a stupid book. We, you guys talked about that one. Right, so I watched the movie. I watched the movie. I'm glad you brought that up, though. Yeah, watched the movie. Not read the book. That was nice. So the movie and the book yeah. have nothing. I, in oh, no, 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 no. Well, I've heard that West Point reads yeah. Starship Troopers. Like yeah. they have cadets read it, yeah. which is fascinating. It's like that and Ender's Game. Yes. Yeah. Which are yeah. which are literally all about strategy and about how you. And and Starship Troopers is about how you would like boot camp. It's really all about boot camp. How you tear someone down and rebuild them in a healthy community. Mm-hmm. And, and 
it's nuts, man. And there's like three pages of like sci-fi and aliens and 280 pages on strategy and tactics and how you communicate with each other and how you respect each other, but in a really compelling way. It's like, it's yeah. an amazing book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and, and the movie killed it. The, well, because <laughs> well, the movie basically kind of just a, took the basic, like, really just the name and a couple of plot points, and was and made a satire around uh, military propaganda. Um, yes. But I mean, that's what Paul Verhoeven does in general. Is yeah. I mean, you look at uh, RoboCop in uh, in the 1980s. That was he a, did that as well. Right? That was yeah, satire yeah, yeah. in yeah. a really twisted and dark way. Yeah. So. Um, as well, so but it's, that's, it's that's that his ca- shtick. It's in that court category of, of awesomely bad. That's what oh, I put well, it I mean, in. the movie you know, is just, absolute garbage. Like, it but is when it's awful. on TV, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'll watch. Like, but, yeah, but it's hypnotic. It, yeah. You it's can't so turn bad. away from it's it. Aw- yeah. It's awesome. It's like bad in an awesome way. Yeah. Yes. There are those. Yeah. There are those movies, man. Yeah. This is, those, I'm entertained. There are those books too. Yeah. My wife and I did this thing a few. This is a long time ago, probably before we even had kids, but we're. You know, you have like your good books that you read, but you also have your stupid books that you read. Mm-hmm. And there are also science fiction books that are stupid that I just kind of have read 80 times because they're just like, <laughs> oh, it'll help me fall asleep. I just kind of love this dumb book. Yep. So we each read each other's. So she read this book called Rendezvous with Rama by Arthur C. Clarke. Mm. Okay. Whatever. Okay. It's just the dumbest 60s sci-fi. <laughs> like, it's so dumb, but I kind of love it, you know? Yeah. And I read Confessions of a Shopaholic. Uh, okay. You did a little <laughs> trade you know, yeah. like a little book. Yeah. So who got the raw end of the we deal We were just laying there in bed just like looking at you like, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, it's like you catch yourself. Nice. Like, you do you. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like neither of us could handle how much we hated these yeah, books. Exactly. Mar- yeah, yeah. Nice. marriage staying together is only going to happen if we're just okay yep. that we do these things. <laughs> that's it, all right? Nice. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, that's that's pretty bold. I mean, that's our equivalent of doing uh, the, uh, the, the Nicholas notebook. Sparks and yeah. Notebook reading. Yeah, you know, totally. we're like, you know, yeah. we got to know what's out there, how bad it really is. We've been knocking it yeah. for so long, yeah. so. All right. So in your, in your trek through the Hugo Awards. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you read the three-body problem? I tried, man. Okay. Do you have – I'd love to – Tell me if that's good, and I don't understand I mean, it. My friend Wit, he has strongly recommended it. He thought like, it was brilliant. Um, people freak out. I've like, been oh, trying it's Obama's to f- favorite book. I mean, and- I've been trying to find a copy of the book just to like at McKay's because I don't want to pay full price for it. Um, but I haven't found a copy there. The, the yeah, Chinese I, author, I got right? it from yeah, the yeah, library. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. And man, I mean, I, I really, you know what? His son, who translated that book. Mm-hmm. Wrote a collection of short stories that blew my mind. Huh. Uh, his name Ken is Liu? Ken Liu. Yep. Uh, and it's called The Paper Menagerie. Mm. And it's got, I would say, it's, if it's got 12 stories, six of them are fine. Mm-hmm. And then two or three of them are like, that's one of the great best things I've read. Wow. Like huh. one of them, particularly, there's, I have a, a few friends that are, uh, have been in like 12 step. Recover. And there's this there's this story talking about this kind of how we, uh, kind of a, a addiction mm-hmm. and identity that's just masterful and in, in like eight pages you know just like yeah so quick so I but and I tried to read other of his books and I the, these big sweeping epics and I just didn't like them at all yeah but his short stories I'm a short story paper guy mm-hmm. yeah I mean yeah, that that's book it. yeah and mm-hmm. that story the paper menagerie yeah. 
That's like when they should be teaching at colleges. Like it's the, it's that, that level good. of writing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And nice. it's like a few of them are sci-fi-y and then a bunch of them aren't at all. Now that right. I look at this, this was recommended to me by someone else. I can't remember the context, but, uh, but I yeah. I found it. Okay. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah, I've tried to read the three okay. body problem. Yeah. And I... Maybe it's just that I'm not Chinese or something. Like my, I just I didn't connect with any of the characters. Yeah. It was yeah. like tw- ten pages of like abstract math, and I'm like, I, what? <laughs> How is this anything? Wow! But okay. people love it. There you go. Now there's there's a question: Do people love it because they actually love it, or do they love it because mm, someone they really respect loves it, and they're afraid to be contrary? Is, is, are we going back to our Herman Melville? There's oh, a little discussion. Oh, is that the, I mean, is, is that the example? There, yeah. Well, I mean, that's uh, one uh, of them. Dick. That it's like everyone it's like is like, like you know, this is the great American novel. And you're like, but I don't get it. It's and I don't it's like, like but it. it's not <laughs> very good. <laughs> we don't like it. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, if you, if you cut it. out it's all every of the... Charles Dickens I've ever read, if I'm honest. No, no, it's oh. okay. Yeah, there, there's some that are like, I get it. Like it's, they can be hard. They can be hard, for sure. I haven't read. I like Dickens so. Yeah, I do too, yeah. but I, I mean, I, I haven't read everything he's written, so oh, I don't no, know. But no. I know some people are like super fans, and you watch Lost, and you watch him have that fascination with it too, which is kind of creepy. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I know, so I know. Memory saves the last Dickens novel. I'm like, all right, this is weird. That's this so is funny. Mm. I mean, he's not that good, but he's good. Yeah. So, but the, yeah. now maybe that book is like. Maybe, have you guys had this experience with one of those the great novels where like. It takes you two years to read the first half and then two days to read the second half. Mm-hmm. You get it. You're fl- yeah. You go, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and all of a sudden you're, you know, you stay up till nine in the morning the next mm-hmm. day, like, because you got to finish the Brothers Karamazov, which I did once. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, so I the, get it. So that's your version yeah. right there. Took me a, literally a year to okay. read the first half. And then yeah. I read the, the second half of it in one, like, what made you pick it up again? I just, well, I think wanted to feel smart. Uh, you, you're like, I want to be able, yeah. And then at one yeah, point, something kicked in, and it was like, oh, I get it. And then I couldn't sleep. It's like, why? Why would I? Why would I be sleeping when I could be reading this? Yeah, you know. I get it. No, mm-hmm. I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I had another question. So, what, mm-hmm. what are, since we talked about westerns earlier, what are the parallels between science fiction and westerns? Since you guys, I would call yeah. the the experts and. You're an expert in both areas. So uh, take yeah, that. Yeah, not You're an definitely expert. science fiction. So. No. Well, that's a little strong. I'm just going to throw that one out yeah. there, and I'm an observer. Well, I mean, if you think about <laughs> I'm, I'm just here. I mean, we use the <laughs> – like, we talked about Star Trek earlier. I mean, really, Star Trek, the original series at least, it was a Western in, – it was intended essentially as a Western in space. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The it feels idea, like it. Yeah. The pitch for it was that it was um, like basically a uh, wagon train to the stars. Hmm. Um, and so it's the whole – with with certain kinds of science fiction, um, the parallels come in when it's exploring exploring the unknown yeah. and having to and in these situations where you don't know what else what to do and how you're going to get out of it and you have to live by the consequences of what you think is right. Yeah, um, yeah. Those are those are key things um, where science fiction can get. Um, and and there's a degree to which I, I would think that westerns can do this too. Uh, science fiction is is a really strong way to be able to deal with uncomfortable moral, ethical, um, relational situations in a safe kind of way. So um, 
But the danger there, of course, is is that it can get really heavy-handed really quickly. Mm -hmm. Star Trek The Next Generation, very, very much on that uh, (laughs) heavy-handed way. Um, It gets, like, ham-fisted. But um, but there's an elegant way to do it, and and science fiction can can allow you to do that. Um, would you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I agree totally. And even even thinking about like other cultures and and yeah. westerns, you're running across the random people that are hiding out, and so you know, or the the Cherokee or the Navajo, and you got to figure out how. Not only are they foreign, but they have a relationship with each other that you don't understand. Mm. So, yeah. so the most common person probably seen Star Wars. It's going to feel yeah. so familiar because you've actually yeah. read the story before. Yeah, it's yeah. the same the thing. Well, and, yeah, you know. and I mean, yeah. One thing to be careful of is putting Star Wars actually even in the science fiction genre at all because it's not. Um, it's actually science. Fan- it's just it's just a fantasy story um, more than it is anything else. So that's just. Expand on that. Fancy versus fiction. <laughs> Dave's face. Oh, okay. okay. I'm so, not disagreeing. I'm no, not no, no, no. Um, but, there, but there's a clear difference in your head. So there is. Know, like, so, um, so Star Wars is really all about the about the story progression, holding the monomyth um, as slavishly as it does, both in each movie and through an entire trilogy. Okay. Um, that's what it's all about. It's not about dealing with... Um, any sort of questions other than that that journey aspect. So okay. it's not um, – it, The beauty is in its simplicity is exactly, what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. Um, right. Okay. And, that, and that's, right. Actually, that's actually why people, I think, gravitate to it, it, it's, the original – at least the original yeah. trilogy. It's universally loved for the most part. You know, I know that some people are like, I'm just not into space stuff sure. here. That's fine. Yeah, but they're – it's like people like that don't like Coldplay. Like, why don't you like Coldplay? Because everybody likes Coldplay. <laughs> That's what I explained to them. McDonald's. I'm like, you don't eat McDonald's. But it's not, I know. Yeah. I don't like Coldplay. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> sure you don't. They spent a whole episode. And, I really and, no, don't. No, no, no. Hold on. Here's what happened. Is there, there's an episode just the two of them did together. Yeah. And here I am like the next week after they post I'm like, oh, listen to it. What do they talk about? <laughs> They're like ripping. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm texting. We're like, ripping six, on Coldplay I'm walking and Dave Matthews. The, band. I know, and I'm walking the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like 6 a.m. or 5.45 maybe. Yeah. I'm texting him like, you <laughs> Like, how dare you? I'm like, you guys are killing the 90s on me. <laughs> no, like, oh, my goodness. Just, uh, uh, well, I was just into different things in the 90s. I, I was in, into sad music and so that is that very was, true he this is and that's a different kind of that this is uh <laughs> this is reincarnated nick hornby over here by yeah. the way so yeah so that's what you get right there so <laughs> look I'm, sometimes i'm gloomy uh, no. aren't we all it's okay mm-hmm. that's the all 90s right. was all about that gloom man. absolutely man you i'm know, a lot of you know disaffected utes and all and uh <laughs> i know i remember my wife would because we were in high school like in the in the epoch of that era mm, you know yes. she was like just recently, I was like, "Why didn't we have any fun songs when I was in high school? Like mm-hmm. everything was about just depression, and like, mm-hmm. like the like your prom theme would be a, you know, bullet with butterfly wings from the Smashing yes, Pumpkins. You're like, this is not happy music. Th- these were our leaders, no. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. And Counting Crows, and we're just we were just sad and or angry. Yes, yes. and I, to be very clear, I love. All of that. Oh, music. absolutely. Yeah. But, and it's it hilarious because it, you, none of us had any reason to be that no, angry or so sad. Fun. Yeah. And it makes sense why the Spice Girls and the Backstreet Boys exploded right, right what after happened that. in the late oh, 90s. Sure. Exactly. It's like it was just course. a reaction. That's what happens over a decade. Yeah. yeah. 
But then you got Rage Against the Machine at the same time. So it's just awesome. Well, you know, you always gotta have Absolutely. that genre out there. That's what that's why Westerns and science fiction never truly go away. They just are less pop culture esque, right? Yeah. yeah. Everything, say, like, everything just, goes in a cycle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you this. The rant don't know why this popped in my head. But thinking about recent Western movies set in like modern era, there's one on Netflix called Hell or High Water. Ooh. Yes. Have you seen that no, movie? No, I haven't. So with uh, it's got um Jeff Gold, no, Jeff uh, Daniels. No, yeah. what's that? The no. dude. It's the dude. What's his oh, name? Uh, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Lebowski. Jeff Lebowski. The greatest movie of all time. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> He's got the dude, Lebowski. <laughs> and, uh, and Chris Pine from the new yep. uh, Star Trek movies. Yes. But it's like a modern bank robber heist western mm. with two brothers. And like the, but with like incredible characters. Yeah. Stunning. Okay. Totally great watch. But it's set in modern times. It's set in probably the 80s. Okay. 80s or 90s. Okay, very cool. In a small town in Texas, I think. Which is fascinating because, you know, going back to Cormac McCarthy for a second, like you have No Country for Old Men, which is set in the 80s, early mm-hmm, 80s, right? Mm-hmm. What is it about the 80s then, too? Because I've, I've, oh. there's been a few. Uh, he's kind of parked in the 80s a few times, and I've always wondered, like, what is it about the 80s? Because, you know, yeah, you get Stranger Things. There's a yeah. part of it's generational now or all looking back at our youth so we start seeing oh mm-hmm. okay those were the good old days and yeah I heard somebody talk I read something about this that was talking about that uh, the number of movies that have been set in like the mm-hmm. 70s 80s 90s yeah. recently yeah specifically like anything crime or or suspense or anything and it's because it's the last it's the last era before technology mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's technology but you know like before it's a different mystery. cell phones like mystery or, yeah. mystery yeah. shows with people on laptops is not interesting it's not no. but when you got to oh. get in your car and drive and you got to race to the get to the thing and you yeah yeah you know that the, the place closes at five and you got to no. get it's like yeah. that that drama like that's yeah. sort of yeah i think that's why people park there yeah. like CSI, uh, you know, when it's even though I mean it was early two thousand till what a few years ago, it's always funny when they're trying to follow a. I, hey, listen, everyone's got to like. It's one thing Brooke and I are like. It's like the most mindless like entertainment. But when they start, you know, like, oh, we saw a text from this minute, you know, here. Uh-huh. And I'm like, it's just not the same. It's not the same. It's yeah. not. It's not the same. Yeah. Every show kind of does that now. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, not feeling it. So no, no. I mean. I, <laughs> so, you know, I remember when the movie Hackers came out in the oh. early, early mid nineties. Yeah. It was an early Angelina Jolie yeah, vehicle with Johnny it, yeah. Lee Miller, oh, and the, like just them the trying to too. create excitement around people going clackety 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 on their keyboards <laughs> yeah. was hilarious. Enemy of the State, that was yeah, another one, yeah, there was a bunch yeah. of them in that time, or the yeah. first, you know, all, all of twenty four. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you mean before it became a Warner Brothers cartoon? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I've never watched a full season. I watched like an episode. <sighs> oh, man. I know. Okay. I know it's good. I know. Okay. I know. We got well, I mean, then, it, yeah. went, I know. it went for a show that basically its whole premise is, is jumping a shark. Um, <laughs> it jumped its own shark. Um, Jack Bauer jumped himself. While jumping over a shark on the Fonz's shoulders, um, <laughs> in like season five or something like that, it was just like this is just for gosh it's darn when, ridiculous. I can't handle like, it. We've just watched maybe 125 hours of the exact same episode. Oh, it's absolutely, kinda, it's oh, what absolutely. It's, it's, it's just like I'm done. Are you done? I'm done. Yeah, yeah um, never watched it again. No, yeah, yeah. I was that way. We with Walking up. Dead. Same thing. I was like, I'm uh, done. Yeah, I, I just like it. yeah. 
I can't do this cycle again. Same cycle. Which one? Walking Dead. Oh. Like, yeah. I was one of those, I quit after eight seasons. You think you'd like invested eight a lot. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they're man. in like episode 10. At that point. I was. I just, I could tell they're gearing up to do another cycle of it. Yeah. And uh, so I, I had no patience. So, for speaking it. Yeah. of that, there's, and this gets us back to writing a little bit, but in a different genre. Uh, just recently, um, the the uh, creator of that series, of the, the comic book and the series, yeah, we've got to wrap up. But uh, he pulled off something amazing in that he ended the comic book that the series is based on without anyone realizing it. So he pulled off, he had um, advanced uh, solicitations for um, for future issues, and then when the uh, when what was the final issue came out, it was just all of a sudden it was like boom, this is actually the end, and no one saw it coming. That's awesome. That was brilliant. So Robert Kirkman, kudos. Um, you don't listen to this podcast, but way to go. <laughs> but if your friend's cousin does, please pass along. We sure. really appreciate it. Ben. Sure. Um, so uh, we've got to wrap up this episode real quick. Andrew, thanks for joining us for yeah, the show. Yeah, this is so a lot fun. of fun. So fun. So yeah. We have two kind of final things. Yes. And I didn't explain. We, he's okay, three good. Times, like, did you explain to him? Like, nah, we'll okay. be fine. We'll It'll be fine. Quick. <laughs> We're going to ask, hey, you know, what are you reading right now? Just whatever it may be. And then the other question is going to be it's more important. Why don't you yes. explain okay. it? Okay. So we have an, a running bit on this show okay. called the Jack Reacher Sucker Punch of the Week. Okay. And so this is a moment that we dedicate to a character, sometimes an author, occasionally an entire genre that incenses you for some good reason that you just want to punch them right in their face if they're a human being. A genre? Yes. Of book? Or an, or a specific book, a specific character in a book. Oh, for example, so interesting. if you've read Pat Conroy's books, um, anytime there's Keep a stand-in for his father. Um, <laughs> that's that's. <laughs> so really, that transfers to Pat Conroy's father himself. Yes, yes. which we punched Many Bold times. As well as Pat Conroy's Absolutely. actual father a few times. So, Absolutely. Yeah, we have our own daddy issues. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you know what I think it would be? And I just I just quit a book 150 pages in because of this. Wow. Uh, I'm really sorry, by the way. That's, that's oh, hard to hear. Worst. It's really hard. Yeah. It's time travel. <laughs> time travel plots. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So you're mad about Avengers Time travel thinking? plots. I just... Any t- Do you feel like it's what? cheap? I feel like... As soon as you got, as soon as the the, you've got an interesting concept, and then it's all about, oh, but we can't change the thing. I'm like, oh man, I just don't care. And they explain mm. it to you as it's well. All, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's all of a sudden it's it's uh, 50 pages of exposition yeah. or 50 minutes of dialogue of exposition as opposed to actual storytelling or character. Okay. All right. So all I would right. say all I would right. say time travel plot devices, which includes okay. the time turner in uh, Harry Potter. Oh, yep. Oh, three. wow. Yeah. Okay. Preserve bold. Azkaban. Man. Yeah. Ouch. Ooh. All right. There wow. we go. Okay. What do you there got, Aaron? Um, I, yeah. No, I think we got time no, for just yeah. the one. Right, just okay. the one. Right. There so, we um, what are you reading? Uh, you, th- this one shocks me that I'm about to say it. I'm reading uh, a, a collection of Francine Rivers novellas about. Women in the Old Testament. Yes. I love this and so let me, much. Let me, let me, let me <laughs> tell you why. Because Amy Grant texted me and told me that I should. 
<laughs> nice. You don't say no to that. And I'm not going to no. explain no any more than that because no. that's that's it. Brilliant. Everybody I look up it. Francine Rivers if you don't know any of her. Because right. Amy <laughs> told me I needed to learn about Tamar. Yeah, nice. Wow, that's, that, is, that is something right there. Wow. Nice. All I, right. I, I met her one time on uh, another author in New York on, on a media tour, and she was there at the same time. She was very nice. She's amazing. Yeah, she was She's great. Amazing. Yeah, and everyone seems to love her, too, yeah. or into mm. those books. So yeah, that's cool. There very cool. All right, Andrew, uh, thank you. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. Appreciate Um, it. Come back anytime. Oh, Um, man. And everybody go go check out The Pivot. A fantastic podcast. Um, It really is. Yes, you get more of the emotionals. Um, We felt ways about stuff today. We did. We did. We had lots of feels. There were real feelings. Lots of feels. It was not the Pivot feels, but they were feels. They were book feels. All right. Gosh, that's really weird. Yeah, that sounds dirty. Okay, we're done. Okay, listeners, listeners. Uh, do make sure you give your five-star rating and review. Give us something funny to read on the show. And uh, we will talk to you later. Bye. This is an Area Code podcast.